All right, one more time. Open your Bibles to John chapter 21. We've been here for almost two years, and this is it. This is our final sermon from the Gospel of John. We're going to finish up the book tonight. We've been uh, working through the last uh, four chapters of John for the past, oh, what, two, three months, maybe four months. And in it, we've seen Jesus revealed as the Savior of the world. In John chapter 18 through, through 21, we see Jesus in trial. We see him uh, persecuted. We see him led to the cross and crucified, buried, and then resurrected. And now, for the past few weeks, we've seen a resurrected Jesus appearing to his disciples. And, and what we saw last week, specifically, was a third appearance of Jesus before his disciples. He, he shows up to his disciples in Galilee when his disciples were told to wait on a mountain for Jesus to come and give them directions, give them more instructions for what they're supposed to do. So the disciples go to Galilee, they wait for Jesus, but Jesus doesn't come right away. And so Peter says, I'm going fishing. He returns back to his old life. He goes back to what he's always known. He goes back to his boat, to his old job, to life as he's always known it. He goes back to what's safe. He goes back to what's familiar. And Jesus, while Peter and six or seven other disciples are fishing, Jesus shows up on the shore. He, he tells them to cast their nets on the other side. They do. They, they catch 153 fish. They can't even haul it in. And, and immediately, the, John recognizes that's the Lord. And Peter, remember, he just dives into the water. And he swims 100 yards to Jesus. He's excited to see Jesus. And he's, he's talking with Jesus for a minute. Jesus has prepared breakfast. They're sitting around a campfire. And then... Jesus begins to ask Peter a question. He says, Peter, do you love me? We, we saw this last week in John chapter 21, starting in verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, tend my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. He, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Well, we stopped there last week, but the story doesn't actually stop there. The conversation, we, we really stopped mid-sentence. It's Jesus keeps talking to Peter, and he says this in verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will gird you and bring you to where you do not wish to go. Now this he, Jesus, said, signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And when Jesus had spoken this, he said to Peter, follow me. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. And 
the one whom also had leaned back on Jesus' bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren, the brethren that, that that disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say that to him, that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and who wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if in detail, if they were written in detail, I suppose that not even the whole world itself could contain the books that would be written. And that's it. John ends the book really in a peculiar way. He has this, this interesting conversation with, with Peter about how Peter's going to die. He starts telling Peter to follow him, which Peter's been following him this, this whole time. And then they start talking about John and how, how it doesn't matter how John's going to die. It's, it's a strange way. And then the book just ends with this, with this statement, hey, we could have written a whole lot more about Jesus. If we did, all the books in the world couldn't contain it all with all the details and, and all the nuances and all the significances of what Jesus did. The whole world couldn't contain it. But we remember back to the last chapter, what has been written has been written that you would believe. And what's written in these words that we see tonight is written for the same purpose, that we would believe. Central to this passage with which, with which John closes his gospel is a message that Jesus has for his disciples. And it's the same message that he has for us. It's the same message that he's had for everyone that wants to be associated with Jesus. That message that Jesus has is follow me. Follow me. That's the call that Jesus is going to give to Peter. It's the call that Jesus gave to all of his disciples when Jesus started his ministry. And it's even the call that Jesus would have for you. It's no accident that John ends this gospel. Remember, it's all written that we would believe. And so it's, it's, we're left with this charge that's given to Peter. Peter, follow me. And we're told that for a very specific reason. Because this is what Jesus' followers are called to do. They're called to follow. And so Jesus extends this invitation, this command to Peter. Jesus' entire ministry centered around this command. In John chapter 1, when we began this study, we saw in, in verse 43 that Jesus said to, to one of his first followers, he, looks at him, he says the same thing that he says to Peter in this passage. Three years later, death and resurrection later, he looks to his disciple and he says, follow me. This was his call. This was his invitation. We know from other gospels that he said this to like all the disciples. And his, his selling point to them was, you're, you're fishermen. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Come and walk behind me. Come and learn from me. Let me be my, your, 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 your teacher. Come and follow me. Jesus made that clear, not just to his 12 disciples, but, but we see, for example, in Luke chapter 9, that, that his people saw Jesus, what they wanted to do was follow him. And, and Jesus said, okay, okay, if you, if you want to follow me, that's, that's a good desire, but there's things you need to do. Like, like deny yourself and take up your cross and then follow me. When, uh, when we were in John chapter 13, 
we saw Jesus heading to his death. You remember, he looked at Peter and he said, Peter, I'm going somewhere, but you can't follow me where I'm going. And so Peter looks to Jesus and he says, why, why can't I follow you, Jesus? I, I'm your follower. I will follow you wherever you go. In John chapter 13, verses 36 through 37, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. In that statement, Peter says, Jesus, don't restrict me from following you. I will follow you wherever. There's nowhere I won't follow you. I'll follow you to the grave. Peter firmly believed in his own ability to follow Jesus. But Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, you can't do it. You can't follow me, not to where I'm going. But Peter tries to follow him nonetheless. Remember, right after this scene in in this upper room discourse, Jesus leaves, goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and he's led away by the soldiers. Remember what Peter does? He follows him. He trails him. Jesus is led into a trial, into a hostile environment, in a room where Jesus is being judged. And remember what Peter does? He follows him. He goes into this hostile environment with Jesus. Wants to be there with him. Wants to see what's happening. Wants to be there to protect him. But then, in that moment, there were some individuals that recognized Peter. And they said, aren't you, remember what they asked him, aren't you one of his followers? You remember what Peter said? I don't know the man. I don't know him. I am not his follower. Jesus was right. Peter could not, he did not have the strength to follow Jesus. He fails. And it's because of Peter's failure that this scene happens. It's because of Peter's inability to follow Jesus as well as Peter thought he could follow Jesus. The the gospel closes with this scene. Jesus' message to Peter is follow me. And, and, and he's going to follow up that command, follow me, with, with really a, 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 a description of follow me no matter what. No matter what happens to you, Peter, I want you to follow me. No matter what it costs you, I want you to follow me. No matter what other people are doing, your job, Peter, is to follow me. It's a curious command because Jesus is about to leave. He's about to go to heaven. And he's not calling Peter to follow him to heaven. His command to Peter is stay and tend my sheep. That's because when he calls Peter to follow him, it's not just follow in my footsteps. He's saying, Peter, live your life in allegiance to me. Live your life learning from me. Live your life following my example. Live your life in submission to me. Follow me. This is the command. This is the guideline for Peter to continue his ministry, to to plant the first churches, to be a minister of the gospel. It's all in obedience to this. He's following Jesus. Jesus calls Peter to follow him no matter what. Okay? Jesus calls Peter to follow him despite three realities. Jesus calls Peter to follow him despite three realities. 
The first reality that that Jesus essentially calls Peter to ignore in his decision to follow Jesus is, is despite the events of his past. Jesus says, Peter, follow me despite the events of your past. Now, we're... That, that's really taken from what our sermon content was last week. What we saw last week in the whole exchange between Jesus and Peter. Remember, if we could just do a, a quick review of that. Jesus is, is reinstating Peter. He's forgiving Peter for his betrayal. And the way he does that is he asks Peter three times the exact same question. Do you love me? Peter says, yeah, I love you. No, do you love me? Yes, I love you. You know that I love you. No, Peter, do you love me? He asks him three times. And the reason he asks him that three times is because it mirrors the three times that Peter denied Jesus. Three times Jesus asked Peter to affirm the very thing that he denied. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me? Yes. But the third time he says, do you love me? We're told in verse 17 that Peter was grieved. He's he's weeping. Because he knows. He knows. Why is Jesus asking me the same question three times? Oh. Oh, he remembers. He knows that he betrayed Jesus. And yet what's illustrated in this passage is that Jesus is forgiving. He's he's reinstating Peter. He calls him again to obedience. He he doesn't say, Peter, you've messed up. You've lost your chance. Don't even try to obey me. Just go back to how it was. He gives Peter another chance. He says, Peter, if if you love me, then tend my sheep. And last week we saw that that forgiveness motivates obedience in Peter. Because as as the New Testament continues to, 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 to be shaped, to be formed, we see Peter obeying this command to take care of Jesus, his sheep, his followers. Peter's going to shepherd them. So he obeys Jesus, and in doing so, he illustrates his love for Jesus. But when Jesus looks to him and says, tend my sheep, when Jesus looks to Peter and says, follow me, he's calling him to do that despite his past failures. This is all one conversation. And and first, the first thing that Jesus emphasizes in his call for Peter to obey is Peter's disobedience. He's calling him to obey, but what he brings to Peter's awareness is you haven't obeyed me. He calls him to follow, even though Peter hasn't followed well. And so he calls Peter to follow him, despite his past, despite his his mistakes. Follow me, even though you failed before. Follow me regardless of your past. What's true for Peter is is in so many ways true for us. Your, Your past can be an argument that Satan uses to talk you out of following Jesus. The thought that I have sinned too much been too disobedient. Uh, I've, I've done things that, that you wouldn't even imagine that I've done. Thought things that you wouldn't even imagine that I've thought. I've sin- I'm too sinful. That, that is an 
argument that the enemy will use to keep you from following Jesus. But Jesus calls Peter to follow him despite his past. No matter what your past is, Jesus says, follow me. Maybe a same argument in a different light would be, I tried to follow Jesus before and I failed. I, I committed to Jesus. Maybe uh, I went through something at like camp or something and then I got home and like it all fell apart. I've tried to follow Jesus and it failed. You know what? So did Peter. Peter, when committing to following Jesus, later denied him. And yet Jesus invites him again. Peter, follow me. Despite your past, despite your mistakes, come and follow me. So Jesus calls Peter, and I'd submit to you that Jesus calls us to follow him despite our past. No matter what your past is, good or bad, faithful or unfaithful, continue to follow Jesus. Continue to live in submission, in obedience to him. Jesus calls Peter to that, and he highlights that. Well, we covered all of that essentially last week, but, but as we see this call of Jesus to follow me, that takes on a whole nother level of significance, all that we reviewed in, Jesus, in Peter's past. Because the call to follow still happens despite all of his mistakes. Jesus, however, doesn't stop there. He also calls Peter to follow him despite a second reality, and that is the events of his future. Peter, don't just follow me despite all your mistakes in the past. I want you to follow me despite whatever your future may hold. Now, he's going to let Peter in on a little secret here. He's going to tell Peter what his future holds. And it's a really interesting sales pitch by Jesus and asking Peter to follow him. Look at verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. What on earth is Jesus talking about? He starts talking about when Peter was a young guy, he could go wherever he wanted, but when he gets old, he's not going to be able to go wherever he wants. He's going to stretch out his hands and people are going to clothe him. All in the context of, hey, you follow me. Because one day you're going to stretch out your hands and people will gird you and lead you where you don't want to go. Like if Jesus is trying to motivate Peter to follow him, what is up with this tactic? It's a strange approach to trying to get someone to follow you. Well, verse 19 explains to us what Jesus is talking about. It gets stranger. Now this, Jesus said, signifying by what kind of death he, Peter, would glorify God. What Jesus said in verse 18 is a statement to Peter telling Peter how he's going to die. It's a curious way of saying it. When you were young, you go wherever you want. But once you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you to where you do not wish to go. What about Peter's death is Jesus telling him? Well, 
Scripture never tells us exactly how Peter died, um, but reliable historical sources tell us that Peter was actually crucified like Jesus. In fact, there's, there's uh, sources that tell us that Peter was crucified, but in, in, in a desire to honor his Lord because of his sinfulness, he didn't want to be crucified just like Jesus, so he was crucified upside down. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It's just historical documents that tell us that. They may or may not be true. But what Jesus is describing here seems to be a picture of crucifixion. And it seems that Peter understood it. Jesus said, the day is coming when you will stretch out your hands, when someone else will clothe you, and when they, where they will take you to where you don't want to go. It seems that Jesus is telling Peter that the day is coming when he, like Jesus, is going to be crucified. So this sales pitch is getting less enticing. He, because, because he follows that up with the end of verse 19. When he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So don't make any mistake about what Jesus is saying here. He looks at Peter and he says, Peter, you're going to be crucified. So follow me. Peter, you're going to go where you don't want to go. So follow me. Peter, your allegiance to me is going to kill you. So follow me. Jesus doesn't want Peter to follow him just because it's easy. Jesus wants Peter and he wants all of his followers to follow him because they love who they're following. And so Peter receives this statement from Jesus about his death. If you follow me, you're going to die for me. He, he receives that statement because Jesus wants Peter to follow him despite the events of his future. I want you to follow me even though, Peter, it will mean pain. I want you to follow me, Peter, even though it will mean persecution. I want you to follow me even though it will mean difficulty. Even though you will have opposition. Even though you may be homeless and, and even though you may be poor, even though there may be a lack of comfort, Peter, follow me despite what the future brings. There may be any number of costs that would keep you from following Christ. We, 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 for, for, for every one of us, it might be a little bit different. Things that would keep us from, from denying ourselves, from, from following Christ with everything that we have. It may be your desire to pursue sin. It may be the repercussions that it will have for your friendships. It, it may be that, that you just don't want to give in to what your parents want you to do. It, it, it may be that, that you want to, you just want to wait a little while. You want to enjoy some of life and then you'll get more serious about God later. 
There could be any number of reasons that you would say, this, I'm not willing to pay this cost yet, and so I'm not going to follow Jesus yet. Jesus looks to Peter and he says, Peter, it's going to cost you your life. So follow me. Because Jesus doesn't want followers that are following because following Jesus is an easier path. It's not. He promises difficulty. He promises persecution. He promises pain. He promises that it's worth it. He wants followers that follow because they love the one that they're following. And so he informs Peter. Peter, here's what you're signing up for. And I want you to sign up anyways. So he calls Peter to follow him despite the events of his past, despite the events of his future. He calls Peter to really what, what, what we see elsewhere, to deny himself, to take up his cross and to follow Jesus. No matter what the future brings, follow Jesus. But there's a third event that Jesus wants Peter to follow him through regardless of what takes place. The third, third event, the third reality is, is, is the actions of others. Jesus calls Peter to follow him despite actions of others. Peter calls Jesus, follow me. And do you know what Peter's first inclination is when Jesus invites him to follow him? It's the exact same inclination that we often have when we're called to do something bold. Peter's first move is to look to the people around him and see if anyone else has to go through the same thing that he has to go through. Look, look at how this takes shape in this text. <laughs> End of verse 19, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who had also leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Okay, so what? That's, that's kind of a weird description of an individual. What John is doing in these verses is he's finally pulling back the curtain on his identity. It's been hinted at through this whole gospel, but John is never actually introduced as the writer of this gospel until right here. John refers to the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we've seen that description, right? All through the Gospel of John. The disciple whom Jesus loved. That is John, and it's revealed in these verses. Because Peter, when he's called to follow Jesus, he turns around. Like, he's looking at Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Peter's first response is not to take a step. His first response is to turn around. The opposite first move of what Peter's supposed to do. He turns around and he looks to this disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved is the same disciple who in the upper room was leaning on Jesus and asked, who is the one who betrays you? All that is just a description of who the disciple whom Jesus loved is in verse 20. So Peter sees John, the disciple who Jesus loves, and he asks, Jesus, what about him? 
Jesus has invited Peter to follow him. He's told him that following you is going to cost your life. And Peter's immediate concern is, are other people going to have to pay the same price that I do? His first tendency is to look around to see what others are doing. It's easy to take a bold step when everyone around you is doing it. Sometimes on, on Wednesday nights, we'll play capture the flag outside, right? And, and there's a strategy that I like to incorporate with my team that when we say go, we're all charging. But there's been times when they've said go and I've started charging and no one follows me, which kills the strategy, right? As soon as I cross that line, I'm done. But if we all charge together, like maybe some of us will get through. If I'm charging and I look behind and none of you are following me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop. We're playing defense. I'm with you guys. Because making that bold move is, is so much harder when you're on your own. That's exactly what Peter feels here. Jesus says, follow me. It's going to cost you your life. Follow me. And Peter's like, okay, but what's everyone else doing? It's, it's harder to make a step of faith when you're alone in doing it. So he's going to look to John and say, wait, Jesus, you've told me all this crazy stuff that's going to happen to me if I continue to follow you. What about John? You know what Jesus says? Look at verse 21. So Peter, seeing John, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? What Jesus just said, he looked at Peter and said, Peter, it doesn't matter. John doesn't matter. I'm not talking to John. I'm talking to you. I'm calling you Peter. I'm calling you to follow me. And I'm calling you to follow me despite your past that I've forgiven you of, despite your future, whatever's coming. I'm calling you to follow me. No matter what other people do, follow me. Whatever happens to other people doesn't matter. He says, John, John could never die. What if, what if John never dies, Peter? You're crucified and John lives until I come back. That's what he says. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm looking to you. I'm calling you to follow me. Now John takes a second and clears up some things that have been a little bit confusing because Jesus said this to John. And to Peter, because Jesus looked at Peter and was like, Peter, it's not about John. He could live till I come back. There were a bunch of people that thought John was going to live forever. That he wasn't going to die until Jesus comes back. So John takes a second. He clarifies all this. Verse 24. Uh, sorry, verse, verse 23. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren that the disciple would not die. 
But Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? So John just takes a verse and he's like, hey, just so you all know, I'm not going to live forever. That wasn't the point of what Jesus said. The point was that Peter would understand what happens in my future doesn't matter. It's about Peter's future. And that's what John's clarifying here. Because what this passage is about is Jesus' call to Peter who denied him. Follow me. Follow me despite your past, despite your future, despite the actions of others. Follow me. You very well may feel this exact same temptation as as Peter. To be hesitant to follow Jesus because others around you are not taking that step of faith. That That is cancer in a group of high schoolers. You look around, no one else is really living for Jesus, so you're just going to kind of blend in. Jesus says, you, follow me, no matter what others do, follow me. And, And what's revealed in this passage and how John closes this gospel is that your motivation matters. Your motivation matters. Jesus gets to Peter's motivation for following him. Jesus wants you, just like he wants Peter, to follow him because Jesus is worthy of being followed. So your past, your past is not a reason to not follow Jesus. Your future is not a reason to not follow Jesus. What others are doing is not a reason to follow Jesus. Jesus is the reason to follow Jesus. And so he gives that call to Peter, follow me. And Peter's going to listen to him. Peter's going to take that step of faith. This isn't the first time Peter's following Jesus. Peter's been following Jesus for years. The first time Jesus said, follow me, Peter said, I'm in. He he followed Jesus as aggressively as he knew how. But he messed up. He made a mistake. We've all made mistakes, just like Peter. So Jesus is not, he's, he's calling him to keep on following. He's calling him to stay faithful, to not turn back, to run the race, to run it well, to to keep on following me. Don't turn away, Peter. Renew your allegiance to me. And John closes this book with these stories to solidify this message. Believe. Follow. Obey. Live in submission to Jesus. Because that's the only life worth living. And that call is modeled for us with Peter. But it's the same call that Jesus gives to every one of his disciples. Follow me. John concludes the story with a little note about him. This is the disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, who is testifying to these things. It's the same disciple who wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Everything in this book is true, and there's more things that could have been written. Verse 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that not even the whole world itself would contain the books that would be written. That's it. He leaves his readers with a clear command, a clear understanding. If you believe this message, follow him. Learn from him, walk in his steps, obey him, follow Jesus.